Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's latest global developments. Uh, my name is Alec, and in front of me, I have uh, Joshua Cheatham. Um, in this week's uh, latest global developments, we're going to be talking about the Turkish elections and South Africa allegedly supplying weapons to Russia. Um, South Africa allegedly supplying weapons to Russia. That is that is major. Very major. A big, a big, um, what you call it? A big accusation for that one. But we're going to get into that um, shortly after we talk about the uh, Turkish elections. So uh, in Turkey right now, there are ongoing presidential and parliamentary elections. Uh, the main race for the presidency is between current President Tayyip Erdogan, which is, uh, he is under the Justice and Development Department, or the AK Party, and Kemal Kilitsraoglu. All right, we're going to have to call him Kemal. For, yeah, we're going to call him Kemal. <laughs> uh, for, for the rest of this, uh, which he is under the Republican People's Party, or the CHP. We're going to be using the AK Party and the CHP uh, parties throughout this. Um, current polls as of May 12, 2023, at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, it shows Erdogan is sitting at 44 to 45% support, while his rival, uh, Kemal, sits at a 50% support level. So He's got a slight edge in the polls over uh, whom used to be a fairly, fairly popular president, uh, Mr. President Erdogan. Um, elections will be held on May the 15th. Apparently, like yesterday, three other people dropped out of the election. And so now it's just those two against each other. Kamal versus from the Erdogan. Small, smaller parties, correct? Yeah, from the smaller yeah. parties. Which which apparently has been uh, is gonna be a pretty big boost to Kamal because those guys were not they were against the uh, what is it, the development party. So we're talking about Erdogan. Erdogan he's led the country that's 2003, and he's probably put them through their biggest and, and probably most prosperous for, uh, phase throughout their history. He rebuilt their entire country, built roads, added new infrastructure, um, gave them 5G. He was the person to kind of bridge NATO between the Muslim worlds and the West, and he... He put, pulled a lot of people out of millions out of poverty. So he was very, very popular up until 2014. There was an economic collapse. Or 2013, sorry. And there, since then, he's been trying to cut power into just himself. He's been kind of turning Turkey into an autocracy, as many think tanks and political scientists have been saying um, as of recent years. So... There's a lot going on in Turkey right now. Um, many people think that if he takes power again, he'll be able to just make himself like a dictator, quote unquote. Yeah. So. Yeah, the whole dictatorship thing. Um, and there's been multiple instances where he's jailed his political opponents as well. Multiple instances. Um, he emerged from being a good leader up until, as you said, the economic collapse, and we're seeing. Um, economic struggle again with their inflation hitting almost 80 yeah, percent so the people are kind of they want to see something new now i mean he's been in there for 20 years and they need a new leader who is going to reverse a lot of these policies that erdogan um created and they want more economic prosperity and they don't know if they're going they can trust erdogan um for another term to reverse economic policies now both sides have said we're going to bring back the economy, but who's going to do it properly? I don't know. Um, we're just going to hope and see that. It, it, I don't know. I think Kumal might have the better chance on doing it. 
But at the end of the day, to bring down 80% inflation to their goals, which are 4.5%. That's their goals? That's their goal. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. But is, not, not in the next It's a stretch. Years. It's a stretch, and we'll see. Um, I mean, um, Kamal has gained popularity over Erdogan because of what he's saying about the economy, human rights issues, and reversing um, this uh, autocratic, yeah. autocratic style of government. And dictatorship style. Um, so that's what kind of is causing him to win at the polls right now. And he's up 6%. Yeah, I think so, what he is is kind of like... He's like a people... Man for the people is what a lot of the uh, Turkish voters are calling him. Um, because he, he, even though he worked in the government for many years, I believe. But he was a civil servant. So he was... It's a little different being a civil servant. Like right. you're you're working for the people versus working for the government. Um, which I guess if you're an American you would think otherwise, but that's not how it is in the rest of the world. You either work for the government or you're, you know, private. That's you know. Um it's very interesting to to see so in recent months, Erdogan, many people have been criticizing him for using his presidential powers, but I just call this politics, where he's been he increased minimum wage, he boosted civil servant salaries, and he increased assistance to poor families and changed regulations to allow millions of Turks to receive their government pensions early. Just politics at that point, and, and I don't know if that's going to boost him in the polls. It clearly hasn't boosted him much since this morning at 6 a.m., which that was, what, six hours ago in their time? Seven hours ago in their time? Yeah. So... He, he he's doing what most presidents in most worlds do, they're playing politics. But I don't think it's going to be enough to get him to change his vote after what he's been doing. And this, after a Turkey fall in recent years, they're, they they are a top twenty economy in the world. But um, one of the biggest things that was a catastrophe was the recent earthquake right. that left fifty thousand people dead, and they were really 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 slow at getting the proper aid and the military to get the people out who had survived, and they're also being really slow at rebuilding that area. Um, could that be because the Kurds are there? Maybe. The Kurds? Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, they have been really slow nonetheless. Um, and so, this this is... I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to be that person that says that this could determine democracy versus autocracy in the country because I'm not too keen, like understanding of the politics of Turkey. But it, it's definitely a big election for the Muslim world. I, it, going back to whether it be a matter of democracy versus autocracy, um, I think I think it is because you, what's not to stop him from saying, "All right, I'm in here." Again, this might be my last term before they actually vote me out. What what if I just, you know, revert something, reverse a few policies here and there, keep my presidential term for as long as possible? Will it be that extreme? I'm not sure. Will he probably jail more political opponents? Probably. Likely. <laughs> um, but I think it's time for Erdogan to, to step down. He's been leader of the country for 20 years. And after a certain point as a leader, there's a point in time where you're just enough is enough. You get to a certain point and you start doing more harm than good yeah. when you have one leader for too long. So this time should have ended back in 1415. Yeah, after the but economic collapse. The people saw potential in Erdogan. 
and I don't think that potential is there anymore. Um, with Kamal leading six percent, it's just it's just clear that their Turkey wants to see something else. Yeah, I think the two biggest debates of this of this election is going to be one that didn't the news didn't talk about much is is NATO. Turkey yes. has been such a determining factor in NATO, and they've been like the how do I say this? Kind of like the independent piece in NATO, where you have all of NATO and then there's Turkey. That that's how I see. Yeah. The NATO uh Turkey relationship. And with and with Erdogan blocking Sweden's and Finland's bid into NATO before. Um Thankfully Finland got through. <laughs> but Sweden did not get through. They're still uh, in the talks of getting um what would what'd you say? Sweden Sweden into, into yeah. uh Sweden into NATO. That'll also be the biggest talking point as well. Yeah. Now Kamal has promised that when we develop he says, when we develop a more democratic Turkey, we will also um, work, we will maintain closer ties with NATO and the EU. And that's that's what his goals are, is to, is to rebuild that relationship with NATO and not serve as like the independent piece of NATO, but rather an active member of NATO, which I is... I love that. Which is kind of what sold me uh, yeah. in a world, in a time where we need partnerships to... To protect each other. Yeah. I think this is fantastic for Turkey. And this is what Turkey needs. One of the things in the article, that uh, the New York Times article that I read, that said that he was kind of the bridge between the Muslim world, and I said this earlier, oh, yeah. and and uh, the Western world. And we were talking about in a previous episode, uh, please watch this previous episode on Saudi Arabia, um, wanting to be the leader of the Middle East. I think Turkey... Now that I've been reading up on this, could also be one of the front runners in like heading the the Middle East into the new era of moving into the global geopolitics because they first off are richer than Saudi Arabia in terms of diversity of economics and their influence in NATO. I'm not gonna say influence, their participation in NATO can give them a lot more power to. Get the rest of the Muslim countries to work with Western Europe and, and, and the United States and Canada um, more closely and maybe get them to work with Latin America and Africa. So Turkey could work a lot pretty well with, with the likes of Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar to Qatar. That's, I don't know. That's how people say it. Qatar, Qatar. Who knows? Qatar. That's how Dr. Schmidt says it. So I don't, I don't know. Mm, Qatar. I'm going to say Qatar, Qatar for it's now. Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they could be that again that that new bridge to the world of you know it, like getting the economies intertwined together. I love that. So, but I think Kamal would be the better the better absolutely. option here. That's exactly to, to, yeah. to be the leader of this bridge, and he could serve as the bridge between the West and the Middle East, as you said um, before. And I think that that would be perfect. And I think that's what this world needs. If yeah. the West wants to improve its relationship with the Middle East, that has to be through a mediator. And we've seen Turkey act as a mediator before when uh, they had Russia and Ukraine sit down in Turkey for the initial uh, initial talks for peace. Well, they were they bridge. didn't work out, but they they served they still served as that mediator and that bridge. Yes, they were just fantastic. With, um, the United States and uh, Saudi Arabia with uh, mitigating the Sudan ceasefire. Mm -hmm. So. It'd be good for them. I mean, that's. No, I'm not saying yeah. that the international community should just use Turkey and no. and just use them for as a mediator for any issue, but they they are 
they're a perfect example. I mean, they are with the right leadership, of course. I don't think under Erdogan it would be a good. Now, I don't want to pick sides, but personally, it's just a personal preference. But at the end of the day, it's up to the Turkish people who they want yep. uh, to see because they're on the ground and we're not. And we're just yeah. monitoring it on our end. But I think Kamal would be the, the better choice in, if yeah, I were to have I mean, an opinion on this. If you were to look at it in comparison to like Western society and how we look at it, Erdogan is more of the conservative type of leader in Western terms where he's kind of looking inward and focusing on not Turkey and not trying to build up institutions, international institutions versus Kamal. We don't know what he'll be like, but he, he's been what he's saying for 30 years as a civil servant. So yeah, but as a politician, we don't know, but we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he has been saying he wants to, like you said, he wants to help his be more part, um, of a participant in NATO and bring up uh, and help with international institutions. So that could be, um, he's definitely more of what they would call uh, a liberal, um, and not in American sense. Liberal is more outward looking um, in terms of just geopolitics, international relations terms. Um, so that's should be an interesting election, definitely to keep tabs. By the time this episode comes out, it will be the day after, um, but we won't find out completely until Monday anyway. Like they'll have. Um, oh wait, no, I lied. I lied. That's a lie. It will be this by the time this episode comes out, the elections will be. Well, yeah, the elections will be. Have they? It's May the fifteenth. That's Monday, right? That's when elections start, or have to be determined by the fifteenth. That's when elections start. So oh, okay, so this is all right. Oh no, I, I am right. It will open Sunday eight a.m. local time and close five p.m. The results will be expected on Monday. Okay. So you we will this episode will come out and we'll have the election results. So we'll t- we'll post it on our social medias exactly what the results were. Yep. So yeah. One more thing I want to add before we move on is uh, one thing that wasn't talked about in their campaign is the agency dispute, which is oh yeah yeah. Well, so for anyone that doesn't know, Turkey and Greece both have different claims to. Um, different islands in the agency with Turk with uh sorry with Greece having more claims under international regulations of the six nautical mile rule. Um, under that rule, that means Greece would have a lot more uh, have more control territorially. But Turkey has always challenged this, saying that they also have they have different land claims as well. So and there have been there have been many disputes here and there with Turkish and Greek boats rivaling it out in the agency. I remember seeing a video. I don't know if I sent it to you, but remember that if there was a video of a Turkish, uh, I think it was a Turkish yeah, boat, yeah. and it was a Greek Greek boat, and the getting a little too close. They got a little. The Turkish boat got a little too close, and the Greeks uh, fired up into the air, and then the Turkish boat uh, went back. And this is disputes that kind of happen almost every day. We see this in in Cyprus as well. We have the the Cyprus question as well. The Northern Cyprus and actual the the Cyprus. The actual country of Cyprus as well. So yeah. this is also another talking point in how either Kamal or Erdogan will handle this dispute. Um, and if there can be, because Greece and Turkey relations are very, very strained. Yeah. So, but they can together, they, if they can explore different ways to find natural resources in the agency and the, the, the agency has a lot of untapped potential. But, yeah. Neither side are willing to dig oil into it. 
because of territorial disputes and, and conflicts that could arise from it. So that's that's something that should be talked about for sure. Yeah. Um, in the pollings, definitely. That probably be uh, something that'll come up in, like when they first start. Um, moving on though. Yeah. That was uh. Make sure to keep up on those on Sunday. The polls will probably be keeping up. It, it, this is going to be a world election. Everyone's going to follow this one, but. This is a big accusation by Ambassador Rubin. I'm not even going to try and say his last name. Brigady? Brigady? Um, I'm going to say Brigady. Claimed that he, in December 2nd or to or December 6th to the 8th of last year, um, Russia had a ship, Cape Town, South Africa, where they were loading ammunition and arms to go back to Russia. So this is two months before the actual invasion, about two months and 14 days, or 16 days before the actual invasion, invasion occurred. So these are very big accusations. If you read the article, uh, he says that... Where is it? He is... Very... He, he's, like, very... Certain. Certain. Like, it's like, yeah... My my first question is how does he know that he's so certain? But the rest of the world pictures evidence like how how has this not been handed over to U.S. intelligence yet? How is how is fix not gotten to it or the African Union? Like I'm I'm not saying that we could rule out this possibility. I'm saying these are big accusations with little to no evidence that we see on the news so far. Maybe it was handed over to U.S. intelligence. And it's just being kept secret for the time being to try not to publicly uh, strain relations economically because the U.S. has said, listen, if we caught you doing this, we're going to cut off your access to U.S. markets. So, yeah, a big investigation is underway. But South African president uh, was like, all right, we're going to let a retired judge handle this case. They are? Yeah. Uh, I read something on uh, where the president has given the case over to to well not the case more the uh, the whole investigation to be led by a retired um, South African judge. So that, I mean that kind of tells you um, that they just even with the accusations they may not seem to care as much. Oh, definitely not. I mean, but, Washington has also expressed concerns about South Africa's participation in military exercises with Russia and China during the anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. So I, I, I just don't think South Africa, because of their role in BRICS, cares so much about what the U.S. thinks anymore or of what the African Union thinks, which is kind of sad because South Africa was was a leader of the African Union for a very long time. They're the second largest economy I believe, with second or third largest economy within the African Union, they have a big role in, or they can play a big role in building up Africa to this mega powerhouse in the coming years. And they're kind of throwing it away by, you know, secretly, if this is true, um, doing this, giving weapons to uh, Russia and participating in military exercises with them. So that this is big news because you just you just don't we don't need to see more people joining their sides. We just we just can't or our countries. I mean, what what can BRICS offer? There, there's just 
Five different dictatorships coming together. Yeah. Five different dictatorships who have different interests, who who have different views of the world. Do you think they're going to actually work together that well? China, for example, they just want they want control of BRICS. That's just how they they their their Belt and Road Initiative is failing. So that's why they're like, okay, well, we have BRICS coming up. Let's see what we can do here, and maybe disband the Belt and Road Initiative and use the, call it a BRICS Initiative or something. So. <laughs> whatever it is i'm just throwing i'm just throwing out what china could do. do yeah yeah these are all possibilities but i don't know I, I don't know what south africa is going to do i don't know we hopefully they haven't um they haven't supplied those weapons to russia because that's going to change a lot of things around the world from lack of access to u.s markets to how we view south africa as an international community so yeah yeah, this is uh it's a big accusation and I do want to see some evidence, but this might just be handled um under the table and Probably. we might not have we might not see this publicly. We definitely won't see it publicly. The South African leader has also said that they remain neutral in the war, which is I don't know. It, it, it's just it's really weird that South Africa would try to get involved because they're they're struggling economically right now they have more things to worry about than to get themselves involved to, to sell than to give russia weapons i mean is that how they want to be viewed in the international community yeah. i mean there, there's one thing participating in BRICS, but there's another thing participating in a, in a war you know and internationally yeah they're, they're going to i mean he has threatened to leave the icc should russia come into um could vladimir putin come to south africa and they're going to force not force, but tell um, the president of South Africa to detain Russia, uh, the Russian president. He said he won't, and he said, "I'll leave the ICC." So it's it's just how he's being viewed in the international community right now, and yeah. he's making a decision of: Do I want to continue globalizing with the world, or do I want to globalize with a rocky partnership between BRICS that has not yet fully developed yet because Russia is focused in Ukraine, China's focused on Taiwan. Yeah. Brazil has their own region to worry about. India's just there. India's just <laughs> kind of there. Trying to work with the United States, trying to work with China. And then South Africa. South Africa's buddies, buddies. Well, trying to be buddies, buddies with Russia. But it, it's their choice. If that's how they want to be viewed, then that's... that's Their choice, yeah. Yeah. But it'll be the, to their detriment in the future. It will be very much so their detriment to the future. Yeah. Oh, it says here that U.S. intelligence services says they had yeah, evidence that would only provide us via a credible investigation or inquiry. We take the allegations seriously and want to have credible, independent voices state the actual matter of facts. So they have enough evidence to create an investigation, okay. but not enough evidence to actually say that it happened. Say that it happened. Yeah. So. Interesting stuff, but that's all I have to say about that. These are two pretty big, and Turkish election is definitely something that's going to be uh, influence the, the next generation of people for the Muslim world and the bridging the gaps between the Western world and the Muslim world. Um, and NATO, for all, all that, yeah, I mean, if Erdogan wins, it could change their relationship with everything and turn more conservative. And if Kamal wins, it could turn them more outwards and you know have them participate more in the global community so i hope the the the, the turkish community want to look more outwards now instead of inward I, I agree I, I i hope that happens because it's important for the entire world to to look outward yeah. at a time like this i, I definitely agree
Um, but thank you guys for listening to this episode. Make sure to keep up on uh, the things that we discuss. You know, do your own research um, so you guys can be informed as well. And yeah, thank you. Thank you.